1: San Diego County reported more than 1,000 new coronavirus cases on Sunday. The spike in cases comes just as indoor operations for businesses were supposed to be shut down this weekend. Some business owners say they can't survive another shutdown and they plan to defy the public orders. Others are just fed up with the state's tiered reopening system. El Cajon Mayor Bill Wells says he asked the El Cajon Police Department to make COVID 19 related calls a low priority. He says he's not encouraging businesses to ignore state mandates, but he's standing with the owners making the tough decision to do so.
2: They're not doing it because they're criminals. They're not doing it because they want to hurt anybody. They're doing it because they have no choice in their minds that if they do this, they're going to destroy their future and the future of their children. And I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Small businesses
1: in San Diego have lost a lot of money due to COVID-19. Many of them have already run through their PPP stimulus loans. KPBS business commentator Miro Kopic is the founder of Bottom Line Marketing. He says even if the virus is tamed and the economy can reopen, it won't be like the old days.
0: We are really moving into a whole new world. This is the economy that we knew before the pandemic will not be the economy that we know coming out of this pandemic.
1: He says new technology and automation that we've adapted with the coronavirus will likely continue, replacing and dislocating many workers. But for now, small local businesses are just trying to survive, and many are not expected to succeed. The clampdown on indoor business operations in San Diego County will last for at least the next three weeks. It's Monday, November 16th. This is San Diego News Matters from KPBS News. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. of San Diego voters said yes to Measure E, which ends a 30-foot height limit on new buildings in the Midway District. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says change is coming to the neighborhood eventually.
0: Midway is full of vacant and underutilized lots ripe for redevelopment. The city rezoned much of the neighborhood in 2018 for high-density housing. And with more flexibility on height, Midway property owners might be enticed to build something new. But Kathy Kenton, who owns property in Midway and chairs the neighborhood's planning group, says it'll take some time for landowners to realize what all they can do. To be honest with you, I don't think they've thought about a lot yet because this has been kind of a pipe dream for a long time. So now it's really, okay, this is real, you know, but nobody really knows what it means yet. Both the Navy and the city of San Diego are working on big redevelopment projects in Midway. Kenton says those could be a catalyst for revitalization.
1: President-elect Joe Biden has promised to get rid of travel bans that have kept refugees out of the United States. In Arizona, most arrivals once came from countries blocked by the Trump administration. From the front desk in Phoenix, KJZZ's Matthew Casey reports. In
0: 2016, most refugees starting over in Arizona came from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Syria, Somalia, and Iraq. The Congo is the only country still on that list, says Stanford Prescott with the International Rescue Committee in Arizona. Three of those top four countries uh, were all listed on the travel ban and no longer make up a significant portion of arrivals uh, to Phoenix or to the United States. Biden also has promised to raise the national refugee resettlement ceiling to 125,000. His transition team did not respond when asked if the change will come in January or at the start of the next federal fiscal year. Prescott says increasing refugee resettlements would be a gradual process. In Phoenix, I'm Matthew Casey.
1: The U.S. election may have compelled some changes in the media landscape. Since November 3rd, the conservative media company Parler has become one of the most downloaded apps in the United States. The company says the app's success is in large part due to its claims to focus on free speech. It may also be because of President Trump's unhappiness with Fox News. KPBS's Jacob Ayer reports.
2: Parler is one of a
1: handful of media companies with a largely conservative user base that has received an influx of users since election day in the United States. The app is seen as an alternative to Twitter. While Parler regards itself as a non-biased free speech company, some see it as a safe haven for violent and racist voices, including Tammy Gillies from Anti-Defamation League San Diego.
3: Free speech does not give you the freedom to slander, the freedom to incite violence, the freedom to threaten somebody else, and the concern is that that is potentially what is happening on Parler.
1: Parler now has over 10 million registered accounts. Parler does not fact check its content. It says that verification will be driven by users on the platform. When Joe Biden takes office in January, he'll inherit the cornerstone of Donald Trump's legacy in the Southwest. Hundreds of miles of new border wall blocking off natural spaces at the border with Mexico. From our front terrace desks in both countries, KJZZ reporters Michel Marisco and Kendall Blust have
2: this report. In downtown Nogales, the Trump administration draped the existing border wall in coils of gleaming razor wire two years ago. Nogales, Arizona Mayor Art Garino isn't optimistic that the incoming Biden administration will take it down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, know, you know how the government is.
0: You know, once they put something up, it very seldom comes down. That, that was just
2: one small border wall project. Along the entire U.S.-Mexico border, the Trump administration has put in place about 400 miles of new 30-foot-high border wall. ACLU attorney drawer laden leads that suit, and he's waiting to see if the new president will withdraw the petition to the court, and if he doesn't...
3: Once Biden comes in and becomes the president, we've already sued him, and the lawsuit will be against Biden as to what is to be done with these illegal law sections. And then he and his administration are going to need to decide whether they want to defend... Um, this flagrantly unlawful thing that Trump did, or whether they want to work with border communities and and environmental groups to, to redress it.
2: Candidate Biden has said that he will stop wall construction, but he never said that he would tear down the new border wall. We need to
1: also look at ports of entry and figure out ways to open up more channels.
2: Becky Galbeca heads the Southern Border Communities Coalition in Tucson. She hopes the incoming administration will focus on humane policies rather than those that drive people to enter the U.S. through remote parts of the desert. Now, Kendall Blust picks up the story in the
3: Many people in Mexico share their northern neighbors' concerns over the harms U.S. border wall construction has caused in the region, severing indigenous lands, destroying sacred sites and devastating the natural environment. And they want building to stop. But Gerardo Carion, who heads the nonprofit Naturalia Ace in Sonora, says simply halting completion of the wall won't be enough to counteract significant and potentially irreparable damage to the environment on both sides of the border.
0: Definitivamente se elimine el muro.
3: Instead, he says the Biden administration should tear down existing sections of border wall in critical areas where it cuts across rivers and wildlife corridors for jaguars, black bears, ocelots, and other endangered species. But Duncan Wood, with the D.C.-based think tank, the Wilson Center, rejects the possibility that the incoming president will take that step.
0: There's no way that they're going to pull down a barrier that has been put in place on the U.S. Mexico border. He
3: says there's little political will to undo what U.S. tax dollars have already paid for, and he thinks Mexico will continue to face diplomatic pressure to participate in migration enforcement within its own borders as it did under the Obama-Biden administration.
0: What the Trump administration did was to take that up several levels.
3: But Butwood says U.S.-Mexico relations during a Biden presidency likely won't be as narrowly focused on migration as they have been for the last four years.
0: I think that we will see a more nuanced bilateral relationship.
3: One that puts greater emphasis on trade, human rights, corruption and climate change. And that gives Carillon
0: hope.
3: He says a U.S. government invested in fighting climate change and protecting natural resources might listen to conservation scientists studying the impacts of the wall on both sides of the border and heed their calls to knock it down and begin restoration efforts. At least, he hopes so. I'm Kendall Blessed in Hermosillo.
1: Coming up on the podcast, supporters of President Trump, as well as a number of conservative media outlets, have claimed widespread irregularities in the election. And a lot of those claims are simply not true.
0: All three of these groups were allowed to vote in Nevada's election. This was not evidence of any widespread fraud, and PolitiFact rated that false.
1: Cap Radio's PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols looks at some dubious assertions. That's up next after this break.
2: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen.
0: And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many
2: world-class dealerships to Carlsbad
0: we invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.
1: Election misinformation continues to spread nearly two weeks after Americans cast their ballots. This includes some false claims about California's election. Cap Radio's Ed Fletcher spoke with PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols, who sets the record straight in this week's Can You Handle the Truth segment.
0: Chris, President Trump shared a misleading video on Twitter yesterday. It called into question ballot collection in Los Angeles. What can you tell us about this? This video shows LA County election workers legally collecting ballots from an authorized drop box the day after election day. A woman approaches them and is suspicious of what they're doing. Here's what she says.
1: I thought they collected them all. I just want to document. Oh, we're so collecting. Wait, but how come they already called the state? Because these
0: are uh, mail-in ballots. What did the L.A. County Register say about this video? Well, the Registrar's office confirmed to PolitiFact last week when this video started circulating, originally on TikTok, that all drop boxes were closed and locked at 8 p.m. on election night. The Registrar also confirmed that ballots were, again, legally picked up the next day for processing. Did the president say anything else when he shared this video? Well, he added uh, a quote saying, you are looking at ballots. And then he asked, is this what our country has come to? And the answer is he's right. These are ballots. They're legal ballots being collected by authorized election officials. And when the video first circulated last week, it had a headline about cheating in California and PolitiFact rated that false. There's nothing illegal happening here. With Trump sharing it yesterday, we rated that false again. And Twitter also added a warning label at the bottom of the president's tweet. Chris, you also checked out some claims this week about voter fraud in Nevada's presidential election. What's being said and what are the facts? Well, last week, President Trump's campaign and Nevada Republicans claimed that thousands of people who moved out of Nevada still voted there in the election. And the problem is that when they published a list of these people who supposedly cast fraudulent votes, they included members of the military deployed overseas, plus students from Nevada going to college in another state, and also some people who had moved out of the state within 30 days. And all three of these groups were allowed to vote in Nevada's election. This was not evidence of any widespread fraud, and PolitiFact rated that false. A conservative election watchdog group made a related allegation, but this time accusing Californians of voting in Nevada's election. What did you find there? The Election Integrity Project claimed about 1,400 Californians may have unlawfully voted in Nevada's election. They said they submitted their findings to the Nevada Secretary of State's office, but the group did not make those findings public. The group says these are Californians who had moved out of Nevada several months before the election and were not within this 30-day period that's allowed. What did the Nevada Secretary of State's office have to say about this? The office would not address this specific claim, but it pledged to thoroughly investigate all credible accusations of voter fraud. And it's important to note that no election officials in Nevada or in any other state have cited any large-scale cases of wrongdoing or fraud in the election. The Nevada office added that many complaints about voter fraud lack evidence and are really complaints about process or policy.
1: That was Cap Radio's Ed Fletcher speaking with PolitiFact California reporter Chris Nichols. That's it for the podcast today. Thanks for listening and have a great day.